Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Driving More Show. Hi, I'm Paul and I've got Stephen with me as well. So, yes, a cracker. The uh, season has come to an end, so plenty of um, things to talk about um, with the final, etc. We've also had All Blacks team uh, team namings. We've had the Wallabies being team team names. Uh, we can all re- we can start looking forward to the uh, Rugby World Cup. Oh, there is so much um, to uh, talk about, uh, and so um, I'm going to bring in Mr. Stephen Harris, who uh, let's be who oops who um, let's be honest has been keeping the New Zealand Sport Radio Facebook page alive um, with his content. How are you doing, sir? Uh, only just Paul. Once again, privilege and a pleasure to be back on the show. Good to be having the show. But uh, uh, yeah, we have kind of been on a life support, shall we say, lately. So hopefully, over the last uh, couple of weeks or so, I've breathed a little bit of life back into uh, in uh, into the site. Oh, and there's the, there's a little, the little dagger into the back there. Uh, it's good to have the show, Paul. Get off your ass and do it. Um, the <laughs> so yes, absolutely good to be uh, back on and uh, and talking and talking code. So, Colin, where were you at um, at the weekend? What, uh, what what rugby delights did you get up to? Well, listen. Sometimes out of out of some not so good news ended up some sort of good news. I was supposed to hit away. Uh, down to the Hawks Bay the weekend, but as we know, we had a bit of a weather system uh, come through down on the east coast of the North Island, so the safe thing was to do was stay in the 09 for the weekend, which meant I could head out to watch the uh, Premier Women's Final on Saturday between College Rifles and uh, Ponsonby. Absolutely fantastic game, and uh, unfortunately for College Rifles, uh, they came a cropper in the game that counted and managed to head over to university to get an interview, which I posted on uh, NZ Sport Radio with uh, Kurt Eklund, who played his 100th game for the uh, university club. And uh, boy, it's about 12 years in the making, given that he made his debut for that club back in 2011, I think it was. But with so much uh, professional rugby happening these days, it's very rarely we see the pros going back to the amateur ranks, Paul. Absolutely, he should be. He should have been uh, doing what a couple of boys were doing this weekend for Waihe, which was uh, um, Kurt Eklund's uh, original club and uh, the club that he went. He played played at during school, um, where uh, we had um, 
um, Brad uh, made his uh, his hundredth cap um, this uh, this weekend, and Midget got his two hundredth cap. So uh, well done to um, both those boys. If you want to watch that game, I videoed it. It's over on the Waihi Rugby Club's uh, YouTube page, so you can go and watch uh, those two boys um, racking up their. Um, their, their milestones. Why he got their first win of the season in their penultimate game um, uh, in the game over Thames. Um, so uh, a good win for the uh, for those two boys to um, celebrate those um, those milestones. Do we get a commentary with that uh, live feed? No, there isn't a commentary with that recording. No, sorry, uh, it wasn't. Yeah, no, sorry, it wasn't a live feed. Um, we didn't. Uh, uh, it wasn't streamed. But yeah, we did. Uh, we did send it out. And um, again, hat tip to um, all the refs. Um, who uh, and who, who got out there this weekend? Because boy, oh boy, um, whilst it might have been nice and sunny up in 09, as my hairdresser told me this morning, um, when he delivered, when, when he was moving house down to um, down to Waihee, when he got here to move on Saturday, it was bucketing it down, um, and uh, I did worry that uh, we might have some drownings at uh, at the game. So um, well done to all the referees, uh, uh, linesmen, etc. Managers of teams as well, all of them who turned out in some absolutely horrible weather um, these last couple of weekends uh, and kept the game going um, for the players. Because without those people, there is no game for the uh, for the players to enjoy. Um, so, uh, yeah, I did have to have a quick chat. Well, I didn't have to. I did have a quick chat with the referee before the game uh, with Waheed to say, look, call those rucks early because uh, we don't need anyone drowning and dying. And he had a little chuckle there with, uh, with that one. Um, the... Um, so yes, that was my, my uh, yeah, so I did that. And then um, I also watched um, the final blah, blah. So yeah, I watched it with a friend uh, who came over. Um, we, um, as I found out when I went to the fridge to get a beer out, I've only got one, I only had one left. And so clearly we shifted through, um, shifted through quite a few beers. Uh, so, um, so my recollection of the game isn't that, uh, isn't that great. And he also distracted me as well from, from paying full attention. So uh, you're not going to get in-depth analysis from me about the game, unfortunately, folks. Um, but um, Stephen, where were you watching it, and how did you? Were you, were you more sober than I was, and uh, did you, were you able to concentrate more on the screen? Well, uh, yes, yeah, so I had to sort of spread myself around on Saturday. Obviously, headed out to the the uh, Auckland Premier Women's uh, final, and that was a, a, a pretty exciting game. Like I said previously, taking out a little bit of an upset, Ponsonby Phillies taking out the win. Some great games from a couple of. Uh, couple of Black Ferns, Eloise uh, Blackwell and also Charmaine McMenamin, the two uh, co-skippers. Certainly at that club level, boy, they're invaluable. So that was a great game watched in front of a decent sort of crowd. Even the the College Rifles Premier team got bumped to the number two ground. So uh, they certainly highlighted women's rugby on the day. And of course, they headed over to University, who played a a cracker of a game against uh, Grammar Tech, one of the better games of the Auckland club comp, I believe, but managed, more importantly, to get a, an interview with uh, Kurt Eklund. Once again, that's on the website, so you can have a look at that. And after getting all that done and having a little bit of a meal, I managed to get home uh, for the for the game. Missed the first 20 minutes of it, but uh, I re-watched it uh, a little bit uh, later, the first 20 minutes, just to see how it started. But, uh, boy, it was all about how the game started, and, and for, the, for, for the visitors, it was a very good start, Paul. It was a very good start for for the listeners, and um, there is a and we've already had Doctor Wright say uh, I've just warmed up with some um, Bok death threats uh, abuse samples I've seen. I'm a bit sad some people are like that. So I'm just a bit sad. It's disgusting, I'm afraid, um, the abuse um, that uh, the referee has received. We've have I've, I've seen some comments. I'm not going to share them, um, and 
push uh, and, and and spread that further on here. But I, but I will, all I will say is it went as far as death threats, um, which is disgusting and beyond uh, what any referee um, should have to put up with. Um, the fact that uh, from from what I've seen, a lot of that has come from um, the, uh, the the Chiefs fans. Um, and look, in the first whatever it was um, that uh, for for when Anselm Brown comes up. Um, and tackles the uh, the player catching the ball. He goes in in a fully upright position. Uh, he's no one's impeded him. No one's knocked him as he's got into that tackle. The uh, player uh, who's catching the ball hasn't dropped, or or there is so there is zero as far as I can see mitigation in the tackle whatsoever. Uh, and he goes in and there's head on head contact. And to me, well, that's a straight red um, every day of the week. I'm not sure how more clear cut you can get. Um, a red card around tackling uh, there than, than that one because I say zero is mitigating to, so to suggest that the um, the referee was biased towards uh, the Crusaders when he doesn't red card your own player in the first five or so minutes whenever it was just beggars belief these people are whoever's putting this stuff out there um, are living in an alternate reality uh, this guy was not paid off by, um, by by the Crusaders, that's absolute bollocks. Um, uh, his uh, his integrity from that point of view, as far as I'm concerned, is, is absolutely clean. Um, and uh, yeah, I just just don't see that. Make, did, did, did he make mistakes? Probably. Probably. You can go as far as saying yes, but was he biased? No, absolutely not. And that's um, from from my point of view. Um, Steve. Yeah. Well, listen, you've you've hit it right on the head. You know, the incident happened in the tenth minute of the game. He referred it to the, the TMO, and uh, basically, I actually thought it would be upgraded to a, to a red card. It went to Brendan Brendan Pickerel. The interesting thing about it, um, Paul, you, you've got three, well, two potential world, well, not potential, but two guys going to the World Cup, um, the likes of Angus Gardner, who was running the sideline, and I think Brendan Pickerel is heading off to the World Cup as a as a TMO. So, for me, that was that was the that was the interesting part, and yes. That was a mistake. So was the forward pass. That happened in real time. I couldn't believe when I saw it that that it wasn't picked up in 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 real time. The the actual forward pass. I know I've just jumped ahead there. I suspect had that been a try, they would have gone back and looked at it and then found a found a forward pass. But I'm with you, Paul. There are so many little moments in this game that it could change at at any time. And I think the Crusaders started. You know what? They got the referee on the, on their side really, really early by just holding the ball. And boy, the, the guy that stood up in those opening uh, 20 minutes, and boy, they use him well, and he's 140 40 kgs, is to Mighty Williams. And the number of carries that he had in that uh, initial opening stanza was pretty impressive. And uh, unfortunately, during that period, I think the, the Chiefs actually lost lost the referee. But um, you know what? They they did manage to actually stay in the fight and and then hit back with a with an absolutely brilliantly well taken try try themselves. So it, it's not as if they were totally out of this game because of the official. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so they, they was um, they were in this game, and as you say, yeah, some some lovely um, play amongst uh, amongst other things. I'm trying to remember the. Um, Remind myself of the twice score. And it's twenty to, to twenty-five at the end of the day. So this game um, was um, uh, was was in the balance 
um, the whole way, especially as there was a kick after the whistle to to close it out. It was a, a two-point game um, in the last five minutes. So this game was really close um, the uh, the whole way around, whole way through um, this one. Um, and um, the uh, yeah, I mean, and well, a, a, person, a player that we will talk about um, from, when it comes to selection issues um, is uh, Sean Stevenson, who took that try uh, very well. <laughs> um, the um, so yes, so um, I'll say I, the uh, my, my recollections aren't great, so I'm not going to go in. I can't go into in, with, with, with a lot of details, but the, um, the as you say, the, the 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 Chiefs lost the referee three yellow cards. Um, shows you that. Uh, you've got to manage yourself um, better than that. It, it, exactly. And, you know, they, they, they got to half-time 15-10. Yep, they'd had, a couple of yellow, they'd had a couple of yellow cards. But, you know, if you were looking at that at the half-time, who would have been the, more, the happier of the coaching staff? I'd probably say the Chiefs were probably yep. the, the, the happier knowing that the Crusaders had, a, had quite a bit of the ball, that the Chiefs' discipline wasn't as good as it could have been. And then all of a sudden they come straight out after half time and, and and bang, 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 they score a try to Narawa, which is a brilliantly constructed try as well from a set piece. Let's let's not shy away from that one. That was so well put put together. They they set piece scrum, solid scrum, went to the right hand side, beautiful little in, inside pass from um, from Nankerville, I think it was, to uh, to Stevenson who basically has got that much gas, he's able to put Narawa in such a good position and with the sweetest of timing, send um, Narawa away for a try. It was so well constructed. You know, there was even talk about maybe possible forward passes in there, but I looked at that, that, those passes and they certainly weren't clear and obvious for them. And um, and the try, the try was scored. Step up, Dave, Damian McKenzie, uh, with the conversion a few minutes later, they kick a penalty and they're looking really, really good. You know, I, I thought they would actually, they would actually um, pull away, but of course, another another controversial moment um, came upon us once again. Very good set piece play, but unfortunately, you know, when you score a try, they probably look at everything. If a try wasn't scored, they probably don't look at the fact that uh, that Damien McKenzie started his run a little bit earlier. And um, yeah, from from there on out, um, once once again, the um, the Crusaders they were the ones actually struggling to actually stay in this game. But they're such a good side, Paul. They find a way. And that's exactly what they did going into that last fifteen minutes. Yep, absolutely. They found the way, uh, and um, as they have done for the past what, six years, seven years now, um, it is uh, it, it is on uh, on these things. Um, so yes. Um, and uh, yeah, and Razor finishes off with the with essentially a near perfect record um, as a um, as a Super Rugby coach. Only that one um, Super Rugby Altera uh, competition that uh, I got the right one that, that that they didn't pick up um, mm-hmm. uh, in there. So um, so yes, a, a, fan, a fantastic uh, uh, finish for him and for a bunch of other players who um, who are leaving um, for the Crusaders definitely. Oh, it's crazy. Something like 14 titles, seven in a row um, to to Robertson. It, it, it's absolutely nuts. Uh, Paul, it would be remiss of us just to sort of mention some guys that, you know, either enhanced their, their reputations in that game. Obviously, the All Black team 
was announced before, but I, I thought a couple of players that just absolutely en- enhanced their reputation. One, Tamaiti Williams. Wow. He, um, you know, named in the All Blacks um, over a week ago. I thought he en- enhanced his his reputation. Cody Taylor, um, probably the best game I've I've seen from, from Cody for a while, although there's a little bit of concern, a couple of overthrown thrown lineouts, and that was from Takiaho. As as well, um, gee, I don't know if you can give any more superlatives to, to Sam Whitelock. Obviously, he he is Mr. Lineout, and he's a key part of this team. I thought Scott Barrett was very good, and once again, Christian Leo Willey and um, Havili uh, Taitui. Uh, you know, Havili Taitui, you kind of forget that he's a, he's a Tongan international as well. So <clears throat> even though he's part of that, uh, Crusaders stable. It just shows you the the, the talent in, that they've got there, and also in the Chiefs, obviously Stevenson and Narawa. Wow, these guys are putting some serious pressure on the All Black um, coaching staff. I've got to say, Paul, and and they were really good as well. And I thought both the halves were pretty good as well. Both had their moments, Mac and both uh, Richie Moanga, and Richie Moanga, like his coach, also. Um, Signs off with seven titles as well, just absolutely staggering. And I mean, to say I'm a blues supporter, but it's kind of begrudging. You can't begrudge them um, uh, taking all the all all, the, all those titles. But uh, Paul, like you can begrudge them taking all the titles, but you've got to uh, tip your hat say that they're the ability of done to having to have done so, um, and to have uh, and to have kept that level of consistency. Uh, look, Correction's corner. Thank you, Simon Hughes. Uh, Super Rugby Trans Tasman was the only one they did not pick up uh, as yeah, the Crusaders. Yeah. The Crusaders did win the uh, Super Rugby Alpha. I got the wrong way around. Sorry, guys, on that one. Um, so, um, so yes. Um, the uh, couple of things then from the... the to, to the actually, you kind of touched on here, uh, a bit like by um, by Dylan Clever um, on the bounce, the, the, the email he sends out. Um, and he points out that um, Jeff, Wil- Jeff Wilson talking about the fact that... Um, uh, that uh, the, the when 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 the Crusaders are good, New Zealand rugby tend, or the All Blacks tend to not be good. And actually, it's bad for for um, um, for uh, for the All Blacks. Um, and he asked two questions, which I think is uh, is is kind of muddy. should it even matter? Well, no, it doesn't matter really. But um, is it a failing of Super Rugby that we still tend to view it through this prism of All Blacks All Black success? Um, and I would go yes, exactly. And I think that's one of the things that hangs over this one when you've got. Um, the All Blacks head coach coming out um, pre-game, going, "Oh, we wouldn't be playing Sam Whitelock. Um, I don't think he's, uh, don't think he's fit to play." Um, and then he gets trotted out and plays, and as you say, has a plays a plays an act, plays a key part um, in in the final um, as well. Um, perhaps the um, the All Blacks uh, head coach should should keep his trap shut about that sort of about that. Um, but um, but also, yeah, to be seeing this as. A, as, as again about the All Blacks rather than about the actual game about winning Super Rugby um, is a um, is a failing for Super Rugby and something that it does need to improve and, and get its uh, uh, and get the focus away from. Oh, but Paul, listen. Throughout history, there have been teams that have dominated um, their their international jerseys. I, I, I think back to that Auckland team of the of the eighties. That was pretty. Pretty much a stacked, stacked Auckland team plus a couple. You can think back to the All Black team of uh, probably 99, 2000. That once again, that was almost entirely a, 
a, um, a Canterbury and, and, and Crusaders side. You look at the current Irish team at the moment, I think they've got something like about 13, 13 Leinster players that are, that are part of that. The, the Irish, usually the Irish, to playing 23, sometimes even even more. It's not such a bad thing because they they do have those combinations. I just think it's up to the other other teams to, to basically get it together. I, I think one of the successes for the for the for the Crusaders, I suspect, and just talking to a few people in the in the know, I've got a couple of contacts down that way. And the real big underlying thing, boy, these players are really in contact with their people. They they play they play for their people, they play for their supporters, and 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 the feeling is 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 mutual. And um, it's very close, and it, it really has got. I know these franchises are called clubs, but I just suspect with the Crusaders, they really are in essence a club. And sometimes you you get that out of English football, Paul. You would have experienced it uh, with English rugby teams. You know, you know, uh, coming from a club like Exeter, that that club to that town just means everything. And I suspect there's a lot of that down in Christchurch, where the biggest cities here in Auckland, I don't know what the population of Auckland is these days, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's over a million sort of thing, like half, half the city probably wouldn't give a continental about rugby, half, and then a quarter of it are probably Warriors supporters and the other quarter are, are rugby supporters, so there's a there's a little, somewhere in there there's a little bit, out, bit of that as well, so probably culture is, is what I'm trying to say, Paul, but Oh, it's just it's just amazing. Like hard to stomach <laughs> if you follow one of the other teams around the country. But yeah, amazing. Yeah, look, I mean, I think the things that um, the Crusaders have got have, um, have got right is the pathways within um, through Canterbury and through uh, Tasman, which means the majority of the players that uh, they select into um, the Crusaders senior team have been in the have been in that academy have been. Um, around and understand what the uh, the, the culture is um, coming in to that. Also, um, when you uh, um, remember, remember when um, Rennie Ranger um, went down there to as, as sort of as injury cover pre-season, um, and he was shocked by the level of detail um, that was going on. So it's not just there is there is, there is that um, so it is culture, but also that, that culture of excellence, that culture of knowing all the details um, of going that extra yard um, is there. Not just about culture, about connection with uh, with your local local player base or or, or, sort of, or local population base. But if all you play, if most of your players come from where where the where the where the team is from, you're going to get that connection anyway as well. Yeah, their their, their biggest loss, Paul, <clears throat> may necessarily not be the players, the experienced players that they're losing in terms of Moonga, in terms of Whitelock. Their biggest loss actually could be Razor himself. Um, because he just seems to have a way of understanding and knowing these players. I heard a very interesting interview with Justin Marshall, and Marshall Marshy was actually saying that even when he was playing, he used to take notes. He'd basically take notes in terms of what the coaches were saying and come up with ideas himself. So here's a guy who, who was basically, he probably had his path lined up while he was actually playing rugby pool. Yep. Um, and um, they've, uh, and of course, they, they're, they're replacing him with, um, is it Mark Jones that's coming in as the? Uh, Rob uh, sorry, Mark, Rob, Rob Penny is the, um, 
is the new uh, the new head coach um, down there. Uh, a little bit surprised by um, Matt Todd coming in because I'm trying to wonder how much experience he's got of coaching. Um, but then I guess he's been uh, out, out out of the game playing for for, for a little while, so must have been doing some sort of coaching um, in that. But um, yeah, interesting that Penny's coming in um, to um, uh, to take it on. Uh, look, he's obviously got experience um, of um, uh, of uh, Super Rugby coaching as he's been part of uh, the Waratahs um, uh, over there uh, um, until he was let down by really the. Uh, the um, the kind of uh, the the board there around what he was, how much he was allowed to sort of spend on players, how he could keep players. Um, the um... Re really interesting point I just want to touch on, and once again, this is through my contact in, in Christchurch. Christ he's, he's the biggest Crusader supporters ever. He goes to their trainings and watches their trainings, um, so he has a tight relationship. He actually said something with that resonated with me. He said, "Listen, even though that." Carter and the likes of McCaw were, were, were great players, great All Blacks. They were sort of guys that never really resonated with the people down there because on a lot of occasions they were either injured or basically the All Black coaches at the time had them cotton wooled, for etc. And, um, and, and they didn't really mingle a lot with, with the actual supporters in the, in the supporters club down there but you know there are players of a certain vintage that that do mingle mingle with their supporters with their people Matt Todd is actually one of them of course Scott Robertson and another another one of them and I think you know I think that just means so much to a support base when you can when you can go in and, and have a good chat to these guys and, and and talk about anything you know even to the point like the contact I've got in Christchurch um I don't think you'll mind me saying this but Jack Goodhue bought him a bought him a season ticket for over four seasons, which is just who does that for? <laughs> so yeah, I mean my only my only thought about um, uh, as Simon points out, look, he's, um, the Penny's been to Munster, New South Wales, uh, of the Waratahs, also over in Japan as well. Um, the um, so um, I guess my, my only concern, uh, I only thought, only sort of not concern, only just thought is that if you look at the his, history of how the Crusaders have brought their head coaches in. They've always been in the setup at the time. All right, so Razor okay, was 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 um, head coach of Canterbury at the, um, and came through. Whereas um, Penny left um, in 2011, so it's been a while since he's been around. Now I don't know what he's been up to since he got since he left the Waratahs in 2000 in, in 21. Um, obviously with COVID and stuff, maybe he's been stuck here, and maybe he's been kind of um, uh, kind of knocking around the uh, the scene there. Um, but, um, the, uh, but yeah, it's been, has been, uh, it has been a while since he's been part of the setup down there in, um, uh, in that area. So, uh, let's just hope that being away hasn't, uh, doled him, uh, when he come, he does come back in and has the, uh, he's got plenty of, um, support from players, from, sorry, from coaches who are still, who are existing there. So there is the continuity, um, but, uh, historically they've had more continuity than that. But then again, times change. Um, look, um, Razor, what is it? Seven years now. Um, so the uh, the professional rugby landscape is different um, than it was even when they put um, Razor in. Never mind um, um, Blackadder before him, <laughs> which was even longer ago. Uh, so yeah. Um, 
it's going to be interesting then. As, as obviously, Clay McMillan still will be around. Actually, talking about coaches, uh, Clay McMillan will still be around at um, the uh, at the Chiefs. They're the most stable um, coaching setup in the um, uh, that the, the, the we've got. Um, we still don't know who the Blues head coach is going to be um, next year. Um, I have heard Vern Cotter's name being um, knocked around, um, so we'll see. Um, if uh, if he gets it, obviously he's got international experience, but again, lacks that local recent experience. Um, and uh, we saw that with Gatland, uh, look, having a good um, having good international experience doesn't always uh, relate straight into good Super Rugby experience. If you haven't had the local experience recently, obviously he'd been out of the game for over a decade, uh, out of the New Zealand game for over a decade. Um, Perhaps um, um, for, for, for for that. So uh, it'll be interesting. Also, I do remember Vern Cotter taking the um, Scottish team on a, uh, a pre-World Cup um, kind of team bonding thing and having them kill rabbits with their bare hands. So um, interesting one um, there. He's got a bit, a bit of a uh, bit of an interesting background, has Vern Cotter. Um, Stephen, how do you feel like uh, getting taken off into uh, in, into the wilds of um, of, uh, the, of the of the uh, of the New Zealand bush and uh, told, here's a rabbit, this is your dinner. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty random. I, I, I couldn't, you know, if it was part of a, a survival skills course, I, I, I probably get it. You know, you, you've got to, you've basically got to catch something for dinner. Um, but just wandering off into the bush somewhere to kill rabbits, I, I'm pretty sure there might have been a little bit more of a story behind that, Paul. Well, I'm hoping there is. Um, in, interesting that you you do mention Vern Cotter because I've uh, I've already heard stories uh, about um, maybe a potential signing, a kid by the name of uh, Armandale, who plays for uh, Claremont, who's a uh, who's a I mean, New Zealand-born someone, um, quite a big lot over 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 two meters. Um, as part of the Claremont squad at the moment. So maybe he's heading back to New Zealand. So just potentially rumours at this stage. But um, given they have, the Blues have got upwards, I think, of probably about nine players, I think, um, leaving, the, leaving the franchise, there's, there's certainly a lot of gaps to fill. Yeah, I think it's, uh, okay, it's, it's post-Rugby um, World Cup. Uh, and so you do get a lot of... Uh, I do you do naturally get a lot of turnovers. Um, talking of other turnover, though, down in um, the Hurricanes, Clark Laidlaw um, is uh, going to be um, the uh, the new head coach down there. That's an interesting one for um, uh, for me. Um, being a uh, coming from sevens, uh, I'm coming into fifteens. Um, I'm not sure he's ever been head coach of a fifteens team. Um, so. Uh, look, um, the uh, transition for when we've seen a similar transition in the women's game with them, um, and I've gone totally blank as the um, the Blackfern Sevens head coach that is the game across. But yeah, Adam Bunting, um, who did well with the um, Chiefs Manawa. Um, uh, I've got that right. Anyway, the, the, the women's Chiefs team, um, and then uh, has gone on to take over. Um, you know, well, actually, I think he assisted, didn't he? Uh, part of the. Um, the Blackferns at the Rugby World Cup, and then now has gone, has now gone on full time um, there. So he is um, so uh, interesting. So look, it's uh, it's something that um, is happening um, at the moment, occasionally. Uh, but um, so yeah, um, but um, so your thoughts on Clark Laidlaw? A bit of a unknown quantity, I would say. Yeah, well, we're sort of getting a, a little bit of a bite-sized preview at the moment because he's got the New Zealand 
under twenties that are currently in South Africa at the um, at, at the minute. And he's got a big job ahead of him because they they just managed to scrape through. I'm sure you want to touch on that tournament tournament briefly. So we'll, we'll get a little bit more of his style as that uh, tournament unfolds. Shall we say? Um, yep, um, and then um, down in at the uh, the Highlanders, um, the um, I've gone blank as to what's going on with them down there as head coach. Um, but so you know, they've got actually um, uh, they've they've got continuity, haven't they, down there? So um, with their head coach, so it's uh, so not the not, not the coaching change down there. But say so the, the the one that's still up in the air is the, um, is the Blues, and we'll see what happens. Uh, in that space, I was, I was um, about to say. I was about to say, Paul. The only, only only news we've really heard out of the Highlanders from recent times, I, I do know, through a contact, they they had a, a pretty serious play at Mark Mark Talia, um, who's who's just re-signed with with the Blues in in recent days. So that's a that's a real plus for the uh, uh, for the for the Blues. But they uh, the word is that. Um, um, Joseph um, Ratamaivuku Nickens is um, is heading to the uh, Southern franchise. Yeah, that, that one doesn't surprise me. Um, to be honest, well, he hasn't got many opportunities at the Blues, um, and um, with um, oh, gone uh, with with cover at fullback, which I think is where he would expect to be um, uh, expect to be be be, be playing. Um, uh, with them, um, oh, uh, guy, the kid's got a big left boot. Sam Sam Gilbert um, was no. The, the. No, I mean uh, the, the Blues. Obviously, oh, um, yes, 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 yes. Um, O'Sullivan. Um, yeah, was, uh, O'Sullivan. Yeah, Zion Um yeah. Uh, back there. You've also got um, uh, or actually Ben Brown's going overseas, isn't he? But yeah, with, but you'd think that Zion is the next. Uh, Next fifteen jersey, so you've got to say I'm not surprised that Neekins has headed has headed south um, there because of the uh, to, to get more game time um, opportunity uh, with that one. Um, Simon says, "Who is um, the next coach for Moana Pacifica?" Yep, yeah, absolutely nothing on the grapevine so far that I've heard on that one. Stephen, you had any rumours on um, on what where on how, which direction Moana might take? Yeah, not a not a lot of rumor going around. I know maybe our maybe our best contact might be friend of the show, Boa Boa Arthur, who seems to have a near close to, close to the ground. Given that uh, um, there's a few of the Moana boys who you'll probably see feature um, for the Monaco Rovers rugby team in Auckland here over the next few weeks. Yep. So we'll see on um, we'll see what news we get on that one. So yeah, funny, interesting that the two sides based out the based out of Auckland. Sorry, not the capital. That's <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong wording there. Um, are the two that haven't yet named um, named their head coaches for um, next year? And when you think about how far out signing players um, happens, uh, you've, uh, that needs to be done pretty damn quick. Uh, put bluntly, um, to uh, so that otherwise um, they'll end up uh, being underprepared for next season. Um, so, shall we have a look at those All Black squads then? Yes, I, yes, I think we should. Just before we do, speaking of coaches, I must mention congratulations to former Centurion and 100-game-plus player uh, Ross Wright, the uh, Northland Lucid prop who's been promoted to assistant 
assistant coach of the uh, Northland um, NPC team for 2023, and also Matt Ralston, who's a former team. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This Valley player, you can't miss him. He's only six foot nine. Um, I, suggested, I suggested to Matt maybe carry your boots just in case they have a locking crisis at, at Northland. So he's probably only about five years out of the game, but it's got a very big reputation as a, as a technical coach. So he joins the, uh, the Northland uh, group of uh, coaches, but good to see. Sorry, I had to get that in. Um, yeah. But um, no, it looks like they've got their team all, well, their coaching staff all set, obviously, along with John Leslie, who was announced as the head coach a few weeks back. Yep. Um, Nocturnal Wright says, uh, question, what is the pay structure for super players? Are there different bands? Yes, there are different bands, um, so, uh, is, is what I can say. What is the structure? I can't tell you. Um, I don't have that level of detail, but I do know that when a player picks up their first All Blacks cap, for example, they will automatically get a bump in um, salary That's and get bonuses um, attached to that as well. So, um, plus, we also know that um, for big players, um, such as um, an RTS or a, uh, um, for example, or a, um, or a Benji Marshall, um, when they come over from league, um, that uh, there are allowed to be external add-ons on to... Um, uh, onto their salaries as well, uh, and that some private and some private businessmen um, may may chip in um, some extra cash to top up um, salaries for players. But that is on a um, an exception basis um, rather than a regular ba- a regular basis on um, for, for the top ups. But no, it does show that there are definitely different bands um, on, uh, on 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 how the pay pay goes for Super Rugby players. Um, so let's crack on into the um, uh, the All Black squad um, then, uh, and um, we'll uh, quickly run I'll quickly run through it for those on the podcast listening. For those watching on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, you can obviously see I've got the list up on the screen now. But Cody Taylor, uh, Dane Coles, Samasoni Takalaho are your um, hookers. Ethan Groot, Philip Janiel, uh, now um, Nipolu Alala, Ofatonga Fassi, Timothy Williams for the first time, Tura Lomax are your props. Brody Italic, Josh Lord, Sam Whitelock, uh, Scott Barrett, Tupper I are your uh, the engine room with um, Ari Surveyor, Dalton Papilihi, Luke Jacobson, Sam Kane, Sumapini, Finau uh, again, first time, and Shannon Frizzell are the Lucys that are in there. Um, across the back line, um, Aaron Smith, uh, Finley Christie, and Cam Roygaard for the first time are you the halfbacks with Barrett. 
heard about Dame McKenzie, which Mwanga named as tens. Clearly, a couple of those can be a bit more versatile than that. Um, Anton Brown, Jordi Barrett, Rico Iwani, Braden Enor, and Dallas McLeod for the first time are kind of the centres. Caleb Clark, Imoni Nawaya, um, who you uh, mentioned earlier, Stephen, uh, um, in there for the first time. Lester Fangnuku, Mark Talia, and Will Jordan. Um, but uh, Sean Stevenson has been added as injury cover for Mark Talia. Um, so looking at some... Um, those names, uh, nocturnal rights goes, it says surprising, uh, mostly happy. Um, surprising, I'm mostly happy. It says, yep, some quibbles, um, but glad they dropped the blues Lucy's. Well, there we go. Um, that, uh, but um, looking at it, a few names there. Look, we've got one, um, two, three, you've got five uh, new caps coming in in a Rugby World Cup year. Um, now, one of the things I think we talked about when it was announced that um, Foster wasn't going to be continuing as head coach after the World Cup was that he had two choices. One, continue his same vein of um, picking his tried and tested names. Um, and the other one was uh, um, go for broke um, as it hadn't been having a, uh, hadn't been going necessarily to plan um, and uh, basically just pick players on form. Um, now I think we can, we can say that um, he hasn't gone down the second route um, with <laughs> with that, um, but he has brought in a few new names um, to uh, sprinkling in there, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, def definitely, definitely the odd ones. We weren't expecting a lot of surprises, but we actually did get a, a surprise, and that surprise came in the form of, of Dallas McLeod. I didn't see that one coming, or did I uh, see some of Penny uh, Fina, um being named in the team as well? I do believe. Um, maybe a couple of players got their names crossed out in the uh, semi-final down in Christchurch, and that's from a very good source as well. Two players who were in the original team pretty much got their names uh, crossed out at the end of that particular game. So I just just suspect uh, you look through the rest of the time. No surprise to Mighty Williams, the new new All Black, but that's really not a, not a surprise. He's he's made his way in. Through form, we've seen what beautiful soft skills he's he's got. He carries, hardly drops passes. So that was no no surprise there. And of course, Emoni Narawa, who I must admit, he's been a little bit of a slow burn in terms of uh, of like for me, Paul. But boy, on Saturday night, he just you know on the biggest stage, he uh, he pretty much showed what he's capable of. And uh, what he what he could do, it's probably nobody who's who's really unlucky. Probably maybe Jack, maybe Jack Goodhue, but um, and, and and maybe the likes of Hosking Satuti. But after outside those two, two or three, I think it's pretty much right, Paul. That's right. Okay, there's a few names in here that I'm I'm surprised. At. I was a bit surprised at Josh Lord um, purely because I'm not sure how much rugby he's had this year and what kind of state he's in because. Um, yeah, we haven't seen him him much, so I'm surprised he's uh, he was included. Um, to uh, be honest, from that point of view, um, Saipini for now again that was a um, a bit of a surprise, as you say. Um, players like um, Hosking Satutu um, could uh, um, was uh, or Peter Gosaikula, um, Kiriwani. Uh, there's, there's a number of players who I thought were ahead of him. Um, that have been ahead of him um, historically. Um, so, um, so a bit, um, 
a bit a bit of a surprise by that one. Uh, Finley Christie ahead of um, Brad Weber, I think was was uh, was a bit of a surprise um, uh, as as well. But we are talking, we are nitpicking um, with that one. Dallas McLeod again um, ahead of players like Jack Goodhue. In fact, well, also Brain Enor ahead of Jack Goodhue as well. Um, uh, in there, I thought I'd have, um, again. I'm surprised that um, Dallas McLeod is ahead of Billy Proctor um, or ahead of. Um, Nankville as well, even though I think Nankville's heading overseas. So I'm a bit surprised at his inclusion in the All Blacks 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and then into that back three, I think Caleb Clark has been very lucky <laughs> to, to, yeah. to get in there. Um, and interesting that Norway um, is ahead of, uh, of Stevenson, to be honest. Um, but maybe they are looking at it and thinking, look, we've got Bowden Barrett, we've got Bray, we've got um, Dave McKenzie, we've got plenty of cover for 15. And they see Stevenson was a 15 and a wing. And they wanted a winger in there. Um, so I think it just might be the fact that you've got, say, Mackenzie, Bowden Barrett, Will Jordan, Geordie Barrett. You've got lots of players who can cover 15, which is Sean Simpson's main strength. And maybe that it's more positional rather than, um, what's the word I'm looking for, rather than, rather than uh, ability level that has uh, that, that, that's, that's caught him out there. Yeah, listen, I, I don't see too many playing themselves out of the squad unless they somehow managed to <laughs> to um, have a bad run during the during the rugby championship and um, I think if they I think if they take out the rugby championship I think there's a good majority of the squad that can probably pack their bags although the, the two obvious ones that I think who would have been selected had they been there is Ethan Blackadder and and David David Haveli um, I, I think they probably those two would have been lock-ins had they been um, available. So the, the interesting thing for me will be I can probably I can probably see probably ninety-five percent of this ninety to ninety-five percent of the squad being a lock in lock in pool. I think the contentious ones are those wingers. Do you want to take two two power style wingers in terms of Faya Nuku and also um, Caleb Clark? Or do you just want to take one power winger and then maybe look at uh, Stevenson as a, as a wing fullback option? I suppose that's 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 the key for me. I, listen, I hope somewhere over these next three, four games, if you include the Bledisloe Cup game, which is being played down in, uh, in Dunedin, I would hope that they give Stevenson some opportunity in the next month or so. Absolutely. I mean, look, there's... Um... Uh, the squad size is 33, and there's 36 names there. So at least three players are not going to be going um, on that one. Um, you might remember, folks, that uh, for the last Rugby World Cup, we did do a um, uh, we did do an aeroplane kind of style. Who's on the aeroplane? Um, and uh, we will um, put that together again um, for you uh, over the uh, the next couple of weeks. I won't. Uh, Get to well, we'll see how we're doing for time. I don't, I don't think we've got time to go through and put it in all right now, but we will give we'll put everyone either on the plane at the airport, waiting at home, or on holiday. But as you say, look, um, for now, these are the players in uh, who have um, uh, who were possess- in possession of the jersey, um, as it were. Um, so you've got to say, yeah, you're quite right. These are the, this is this is where your 33 will, will be coming from. Um, you'd expect uh, having a quick look at the um. Uh, the All Blacks uh, 15 then, um, Ainsley, Oli Yeager, um, Mafileo, Numia, Ross, Amua, Riccatelli, Thompson, Arkoy, 
um, Strange, Wakaliri, Harmon, Kiriwani, uh, Karifi, Leo Willy, um, Suakula, um, Safoa, uh, Fakatava, Weber, Brett Cameron. And there's a player who uh, has, 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 a, has a gap between all blacks caps. Um, Perifetta, Goodhue, Dankerville, Proctor, Sullivan, Gilbert, Lamb, Love, Nani Satoro, and Nariki. Um, there. Um, so, any names there that uh, you think um, have uh, have got a chance um, of uh, of stepping up and forcing their way? Anything? Well, well, firstly, I think Nocturnal will be pretty happy because there are a lot of uh, a lot of Highlanders in their pool. I've yep. got to say, um, not not really. Listen, unless there's an injury at, at, at Hooker, Asafa Moa probably is 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 a player that comes to mind. Once again, Brad Weber. You know, if they, to me, the the likes of Christie and and Royguard, they can only really play themselves out of the All Black side. And I think the selectors already know what Brad Weber Weber can do. But really, outside that outside that lot, I personally don't see anybody from that squad um, who will probably get get a look in. Um, this I've got to mention the one obvious omission which is Hoskins Satutu in neither the All Black side or the New Zealand 15 side but uh, you know according to the coach he didn't answer his text but really and truthfully uh, I just think at a time like that I think the coach needs to actually talk to the talk to the, the player over the phone um, because you know here's, here's a guy who's been part of the All Black that All Black team for the last three or four seasons or so Um you know, to get to get news via text that you'd been dropped, um, it, it it just beggars belief. Uh, to be honest, uh, Paul. So um, maybe there's a little bit going on behind the scenes, shall we say? Oh, look, I think he's lost. I, I think Foster definitely lost um, some of the some of the some of the dressing room. Um, and yeah, Hoskins Institute is one of these. Gone. Okay, well, look, I've got there's a new head coach coming in, a new re- regime. Um, clearly, I'm not part of the Rugby World Cup. Um, uh, thinking so, therefore, um, sod him, and um, I'll just uh, wait for the new guys um, to uh, to to come in. Um, I'm not actually going to be burning too many bridges um, by get by uh, um, by by not replying to uh, a guy who probably hasn't communicated with me very well over the past few years anyway. Um, on um, on that one, um, so um, uh, so yes, so the. Um, so I'm not surprised that. Uh, so, so yeah, look, I, I, I think Foster's just a bit too, a bit, bit too much entitled, um, too much entitlement from him there, uh, and poor man management. Which I think we, uh, well, certain players have come out and supported him in the past, um, not uh, Crusaders players, um, as we've said before. Um, so he does have some of the dressing room on his side, but others, you just, yeah, I can see why they'd be, why they'd be upset with him. Um, a couple of players in here that I think um, possibly can, as you say, I think Hooker is tied up um, as far as the All Blacks um, is concerned. And I think so is the um, the locks. The only place you can see a lock there is if Josh Lord um, isn't fit, um, in which case your, your Quinton Strangers or your Arcoy um, could, um, or your, or your um, Walker Lorry uh, could, could, could come in there. But again, that's probably down to more uh, injury or physical side than anything else. Um, I think we're going to have um, prop injuries because we always have prop injuries. So I think the props should keep themselves fit. Um, and then amongst the Lucies, uh, look, I mean, there is a, 
um, wherever you've got a new player, so you're basically you're Tamita Williams, Spinny Fanel, Cam Rygaard, um, Dallas McLeod, and Imoi Nawaya, they may arrive in camp and the, uh, the head coaches figure it, find out, actually, I can't work with this guy. So there is that opportunity. Uh, but um, but uh, the um, so I think actually I think the real options those are though are probably in the centres there um, uh, with um, with with your, your good heel your Nankerville coming through to be honest yeah yeah it, it's interesting that you mentioned um, Josh Lord because I kind of look at the the, the locks on, on on this squad in this squad I don't see um, Walker Leawiri or or um, either Akoi as 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 all as all black locks. We know Quentin Strange has has been part of an all black squad in the past. So so hence you can see that Foster's being loyal to, to Josh Lord. Remember they they actually picked this guy uh, was it last year or the year year before they took him on a on a on a tour overseas. But unfortunately he got he was injured a good part of last year. And we do know that he is an athlete. So. And yep. I suspect they're going to give them some game time. Okay, it's, it's, it's a bit like um, when they picked um, uh, Shannon Frenzel from pretty much from nowhere. Um, he got picked from pretty much from nowhere. Um, as um, Noxon Rice said, Lord is a foster project. Um, yes. Um, so there is, uh, there is, there is that one. Um, but um, yeah, no, look, I, I, so I, I think in the centres to me is the one place where I think uh, um, or or the way also that Brad Weber um, came from came from the um, All Blacks fifteen and went straight into the All Blacks match day squad uh, during the November Test tour. I think there's still a possibility for him forcing his way in um, ahead of um, Finley Christie there. So those are the two areas where I think we might uh, there might there might be space. Uh, otherwise, as I say someone like Ruben Love, uh, um, I just can't see there being that uh, them needing that fullback. Um, cover. Um, so hence, I don't think he's going to make his way in. Uh, there might be a space for a, for a, for an AJ Lamb or something if Caleb Clark doesn't um, pull his sock, socks up. But I doubt it personally. Um, there, a international squad that you were impressed with though was one that wears yellow. Um, and um, the uh, the Wallabies squad uh, that um, uh, I've gone. Eddie Jones um, obviously um, selected um, uh, there. Um, just uh, quickly, just run through the names: and Alan Alatoa, um, your Arnold, um, Fesler, Frost, Gibbon, Holloway, Hooper, Hooper. So Michael and Tom, um, Litoa, McWright, um, Nonguru, uh, Pareki, uh, Samu, Skelton, Slipper, Tupu. Um, Ulasi uh, and Valentini. Now, one, two, three, four, five debutants there, just amongst the forwards. Um, into the backs, then uh, Cooper, Fichetti, um, Carter, Gordon, Hodge, Ikatau, Corabetti, Longeran, uh, Ryan, that is, um, McDermott, um, Marky Mark, um, no, no, I'm not going to bother. Sorry, folks, Perezzi. Vunivalu, but I think he's, he's been lucky. Um, White, uh, right, and then three players down as utility. Um, now I don't know if the utility was between forwards and backs or not, but Donaldson, um, Kermi, and um, Pitesh. So another four um, debutants in the backs. That's nine debutants in there. 
Um, plus, they do have some um, rehab players. But um, nine debutants in a World Cup year, um, he, he really has gone for his own team, hasn't he? Oh, Paul, I'm so disappointed. I thought you were going to bust out Man Nangawatawasi, but never mind. It's, Thank you. It's, it's, no, it's, just... it's, 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 it's all good. Um, yeah, in, interesting. But what, what is good, there's still a core of experience there. And I'm sort of excited that, you, you know, guys like uh, Marika Kurembeti and uh, Karevi Samu and even the likes of Quade Cooper. Yeah, Quade Cooper's, he's been to a few World Cups, so he's got, he's got experience and, you know, a, a fit, Quade Cooper is is a, is a dangerous player, and he'll he'll move this team around. Um, not so many um, newbies in the in the in the backs, but like you say, what did you say? Five in the pack. That's the interesting one. That you, you kind of look through. Um, Fessler is a, a front rower, so he's he's pretty much a new, pretty much a, a new one for me. Matt Gibson, I don't know um, too much about, but just looking around. Probably in terms of guys who may be unlucky to make the side, Harry Wilson. I don't, I don't see his name there. So um, he obviously missed out on the squad. But uh, man, they're going to have a good 15 23 if you can put it on the paddock. And I like the addition of also uh, Rory Arnold and Will Skelton. Boy, that gives them some real size in the, in the middle row. You know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't forget back in, was it 2021? They beat the Springboks twice. In the in the in the rugby championship, where they weren't expected to beat a beat a, a battle hardened Springbok side coming off a um, uh, coming off a, a serious victory against the against the Lions, Paul. Yep, absolutely. It's the um, Kerr Barlow didn't um, didn't get a call up, which uh, after putting his uh, putting his hat in the ring. Um, but um, I think playing in France and then um, having never having, having had zero to well yeah zero basically uh contact with the um the aussie setup um to expect to go hey look i'm available please come get me um was um was a bit uh, uh was a bit kind of asking uh asking a lot there so um the uh, co-captains with uh, michael hooper and james slipper two experienced players uh, i don't think there'll be any problems with those two co-captioning um from that point of view as well so um all um all good, and uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how these guys react to um, to Eddie Jones. Obviously, uh, Topu um, Topu has been injured a lot this year, so hopefully he's back to full fitness because you really want to see the best players in the world um, playing um, at um, at the Rugby World Cup um, yeah, on um, that one. Yeah, Paul, and I th- listen. I think um, I think they play the the Springboks first first up. If I stand, I stand to be corrected there. Um, so yes, yeah, so the, the, the the fixture list is there on the uh, um, uh, on the what's we call it on on the the thing. So yeah, so first up against um, the Springboks, then they play Argentina, then um, New Zealand twice. Um, is their um, yeah? If, what, if, if, you're uh, gonna, if if you're going to catch the Springboks, I think the, the very to catch them in the very first game is is actually a good thing. So that'll be a really really good gauge to 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 see to see where they are. And boy. That game in is it in Melbourne? That game against uh, New Zealand, um, third third game or third week of yep. the, the rugby championship. Boy, I think that's going to be a cracker. Both both teams would have had game time under their belt, and you know, for the first time in a long time, I really cannot wait for a um, Wallaby All Black All Black contest. Um, that first game is against this against the uh, Springboks is at Loftus though. So it's at altitude in Pretoria. So, um, so yes, it's, that's a tough, um, um, a tough one. 
uh, there on um, on that one. He's going to say, Paul, it might be tough on the South Africans well, as well, given that a lot of them play in Europe these days. Well, there is that, yes. <laughs> that is, um, that's true. Um, let's have a very quick look at some um, of the World Cup groups. Then um, something that I've, uh, um, a, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, um, about uh, the world rankings and how lopsided the um, the tournament is. So I thought I'd have a quick look um, at that. And uh, if you look at the world rankings um, across the four pools, in pool A, the sum total of all the world rankings is 57. Um, in pool C, it's 56. And in pool D, it's 58. So um, it's actually um, very close across those, even though you have got second and third in pool A there. Um, and then you've got no other teams from the top five in the other pools. So um, clearly the other pools have got uh, stronger teams uh, all the way down um, there. But uh, yeah, interesting that it's got the even, uh, actually the, the number of caps isn't that different. Where it is different is in pool B, um, where it's 44, um, not caps, sorry, uh, 44 points of uh, world ranking, um, which is uh, 12 less than all the rest. So boy, oh boy, that pool B um, is stacked there with the South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Tonga, um, and then Romania um, as well. Um, Romania, the uh, with with uh, ranked nineteenth in the world, is the um, when you think that uh, New Zealand uh, pool A, you've got Namibia at twenty one, pool C, you've got Portugal. Uh, sorry, Portugal at sixteen, and then pool D, you've got Chile at twenty two. Um, yes, Romania are a tough one actually as a fourth, as a, sorry, as a fifth team there. What the difference is, though, is around that standard deviation. Um, and that shows you how spread the rankings are. Um, and that's the highest number is for Paul A. With New Zealand. Hence, you've got a, a couple of very, very, very high ranking and a couple very low ranking, relatively speaking. Yeah. Um, where, where it is, where it is in interesting for me, Paul, is how these coaches are going to manage, uh, manage their, manage their players because in, and um, if, you, if you basically look down, look down the list, there, there's probably really a, a minnow in each group. But um, in terms of tier, tier two nations, we know that uh, uh, Tonga, Samoa, and, 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 and Fiji will be. I, I, you know, they won't be cannon fodder, but we know that they'll, all those squads will have have good players. So you'll definitely um, meet a, meet a physical contest. I would still expect the tier nation one sides. To win, Paul, but um, boy, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we got some some close close contests in those respective yeah. groups. I was asking in, in our in our chat as to where where do the surprises can be. Look, I mean, Paul A clearly, um, France and New Zealand are going to come through. Um, Italy should come third. Uh, look, they've only ever lost once to um, a tier two nation. That was Georgia recently. Um, so I think they'll see off Uruguay and Namibia. Um, if if Italy don't, if Italy lose to Uruguay. Um, and then and drop out of that third place, then they lose automatic qualification for the next Rugby World Cup. So it's massive for them um, to those two games against Uruguay and Namibia, particularly Uruguay, more so actually than the top games because they know they're not going to win those. Mm -hmm. Into Pool B, um, you can uh, I, I just, it's you, you can't really see Scotland tripping up both Ireland or and South Africa. Um, they might trip up one of them, um, but um, the uh, that that's where you're you're, you're one. Where an obvious place of shock could happen is that Scotland could go through and either South Africa, the reigning champions, or Ireland, or one, one ranked team in the world, get knocked out. But it's hard to see because those two, Ireland and South Africa, are so good. So I can see those going through. Um, 
No, listen, if, if Scotland and Tonga happen to go through, I think we'll probably get visited by Martians <laughs> around about December. A space yeah, will land somewhere on Earth. I think, I think Tonga have got a very tough one there. Now, look, Tonga have got, obviously, all those players like Charles Piatau and Yusuf Falau coming back. Um, but so, so it's going to be interesting to see how they, they go. Could they knock over Scotland? Could they get that third place in the pool? And not, I mean, Scotland hasn't got a... Um, uh, hasn't got an automatic qualification for the next World Cup. Again, I'm sorry, but Scotland are on the rise. They're in a good place right now. In previous years, maybe you'd say that, but I can't see it happening this time around. Mm. Pool C is where it gets fun. Right. Um, Wales, um, ninth in the world. Australia, seventh in the world. As Oxford on rights, so yes, has a bit of a laugh at that as those are top two teams in there. Wales has lost to Georgia recently, who are also in here. Um, They've also got Fiji. Um, and then Portugal, I think, unfortunately, going to be in a tough uh, tough situation. But what this means is when Australia or Wales make it to the quarterfinals, they're not going to have rested their players at all because they just don't have any. They've got one easy game. Whereas New Zealand can rest their players against Italy, Uruguay and Namibia. Let's be blunt. They can put the second team out and go through. Um, the... Um, South Africa and Ireland have got depth. They can rest players against Tonga um, and still win it. Some players, not all of them, but some of them. But Wales and Australia have to play their first team, essentially, for for, for three of those games. Uh, they, they're going to be knackered by, by, by quarterfinals, Stephen. Yep. Yep. It's, the, it's, it's not going to be easy. Like I say, I, I kind of look at that Australian squad, and to me, on paper, it looks way stronger than either Wales or Fiji, but boy, Fiji are, yeah, I'm not sure what to expect. They've, they've got a good squad on paper. Yep. Um, so again, there is the possibility here of a Fiji or a Georgia making it to the um, quarterfinals, but you've got to say Wales and Australia, history shows they should go through, um, even if current form, particularly from Wales, um, suggests they'll struggle. Paul D, look, England will go through comfortably um, here. The question is either Japan or, or um or Argentina, Samoa. I'm sorry, you might be you might be the highest ranked um, Pacific Nations team, but you're coming up against some tough teams here that I can't see them um, tripping up. Um, both Japan and Argentina, Chile. Well, uh, well done for getting here. Port Bluntly Rugby World Cup. You've made sure you've got yourselves past the USA and Canada, so you've done very well to get here. But boy, oh boy, you're not going to win a game. Um, <laughs> um, so, yes, so either Japan or Argentina. Look, I guess, again, the upset here, or is it an upset if Samoa come third and Japan come fourth and Japan don't get automatic qualification? I don't know if that's considered an upset or not. Um, but uh, one of those teams uh, is uh, is going to be upset that they haven't got um, automatic um, qualification. It could even be Argentina. Um, Simon Hughes, I think Wales get back to normal around the, the World Rugby World Cup. Look, Something we've not had a chance to talk about and has happened. Look, you've got players like Justin Tipperick, um, Alwyn Jones, um, who have retired from international rugby uh, three, four months out from the Rugby World Cup. Um, sorry, who who in the <laughs> who retires from international rugby just before Rugby World Cup? That tells you that um, all is not happy in the Welsh camp. Uh, that Gatland has not got all these players on board. Um, if players like that who were selected for the Six Nations um, are not uh, are making themselves unavailable for the Rugby World Cup, um, uh, it is not a happy camp. There is uh, there is stuff going on there. 
um, for them to come good by the Rugby World Cup. <sighs> Stranger things have happened, but um, uh, it's uh, a quarterfinal for them is a major success for Wales. Mm, mm. Um, are hours up, Stephen? Our hour is pretty much up. That'll be the timekeeper. In fact, we've actually gone gone <laughs> over the hour. But just just before we go, I just want to make, mention the under twenty. Um, World Cups are happening in South Africa at the moment, and the first round actually saw saw wins to Argentina, New Zealand just by the one point over uh, over Wales, France who looked so impressive in their big win over Japan, team to beat England and Ireland fought out a, a tremendous draw. Watched the first half of half of that game before uh, tiredness took over, and of course Australia had to fight back from forty uh, had to fight down in the game, but they got the win over Fiji 46-37. and uh, Georgia pushed South Africa all all the way, but um, um, before uh, South Africa took the win, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, this next lot of games happening this weekend, and the interesting one from a local piece is France taking on New Zealand. Boy, this is a big ask for this uh, New Zealand team. They're not the biggest biggest pack, and just looking at the French pack, you'd be con- confused if you thought of thought it was their senior pack. That's how big big they are. So that's probably the game of the round. Also, I'll be curious to see how Australia match up against Ireland. I also was going to mention uh, um, some things going down in uh, Fiji at the moment. Uh, a lot of turmoil going uh, going down in the uh, Pacific Islands at the moment, but boy, maybe we can leave that for another show, Paul. Uh, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm unaware of that, so uh, yeah, that sounds like another show, but um, yeah, you're right. Look, I mean, France, the only team that uh, really got going in that first or they the, had, the, the, had it all their own way in that first round with 75 points. So, yes, that's going to be a tough game for um, the uh, Baby Blacks or the, um, for, the, um, for them there. Um, as you say, that Australia-Ireland game looks, um, looks like a good one. Um, plus also Argentina-Georgia. Georgia have really stepped up in this under-20 category. Um, so I think that could also be um, a cracking game between those two where um, Argentina saw off Italy um, and Georgia went close against South Africa. So that could be a good one. Um, there we go. Cool. Sorry. Absolutely. And let's not forget that the um, the French are, um, well, whilst we've had a couple of cancellations in and around COVID over the last few years, let's not forget they are the uh, 2000, they were the previous champions as well, 2019 19 champions, but they were also the 2018 champions. So they're actually going for a three-peat and at there the under 20, 20 division, so it probably tells you a lot about where their rugby is at the moment, Paul. Yeah, those Kobe cancellations mean it's not the same team either. Um, <laughs> it's, it's new people. So it's, it's that, that tells you about their pathways and their system rather than the uh, individual players they've brought through. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, everyone who's joined us live. Uh, thank you, everyone who listens to the recording and watches the recording. Um, and uh, we'll try and be back next week where we sort out our aeroplane as to... Uh, um, positioning our All Blacks as to who is on the plane, who is still having to fight for a ticket, um, and who can just already book their holidays, um, Hosking Satutu. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.